0: It's not working, this is not working. You ever hear that from clients or feel that yourself? The chaos of the cycle takes over, too many blocks win, we're off track. We're joining you today talking about the chaos and blocks.
1: Welcome to the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy with your hosts, Dr. James Hawkins and Dr. Ryan Reyna. EFT is a dynamic model that humbles even the most seasoned therapists. Together, we want to come alongside you as you continually push the leading edge of your understanding and application of this wonderful model developed by Dr. Sue Johnson.
2: Welcome back, you all. So we're going to be talking about blocks in chaos. And a story about this was good. You know, I was at a Core Skills, leading a Core Skills group, really sharp therapist, man. I could tell you like, you know how sometimes you watch a sport that starts off brand new in the early kind of like <laughs> athletes are going through the growing pains of just kind of learning. Then after years of, of kind of like evolution with the thing, like the athletes get so much stronger, faster, better, more skilled, points go up and all these kind of things. I feel like that's what's going on in EFT, man. Sue and them did such a great job and trainers have done such a great job. Now people come into core skills. They've read Love Sense and all the attachment books. They're reading the EFT Primer, Attachment Theory and Processing. And so, and then now they come in, they're just so sharp. They're listening to foreplay radio podcasts, We Heart Therapy on YouTube and and The Leading Edge. I'm glad, you know, we're a part of that. But anyway, all that roundabout stuff. To say this, we were working with blocks and something came out to me that really needed to get clearer. In the midst of chaos, a simple validation and trying to move on is not going to be enough when people are in chaos. We've got to be able to. Make some to help organize the chaos, organize the block in the midst of the chaos that's coming up for them. What do you have to say, kind of, on that, Ryan?
0: Well, you know, I will say we get a little bit of criticism, uh um, for being a little too tactical. Mm-hmm. EFT wasn't always taught exactly the way we're teaching it now, and I actually respect that. I appreciate that. I think it's good to get a little bit of critical feedback and relook at what you were doing, but man, we're just trying to join you where you are. Mm-hmm. And I just finished two sessions in a row and they were nothing but chaos and blocks. And, and I was, I felt really grounded and oriented the whole time and it was still really hard. And so I just feel for people who are just trying to grasp this model. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we talk real globally in trainings. Mm-hmm. We just show you the beautiful primary emotion. And then you step in there and you get your head lopped off and, <laughs> So, you know, that's why we're doing this. This wants you to know we're just trying to help people who are in those hard, those hard seasons. Um, But yeah, this is when the bond has not been secured. When a relationship becomes a place where there's as much or more danger than there is comfort, you can expect the chaos. And um, when relationships start to operate protection to protection to protection, Man, the cycle is going to take over, mm-hmm. and before long, the cycle will spin some pretty mean, mean meanings about each other, and so then they're in your office, and we're having to unpack some really painful things.
2: Okay, so here's what I'm gonna do to set us up to get—we're right. so gonna get focused. I'm not gonna teach the whole thing. We have a—we have a, one of our probably more popular ones is uh, two paths yeah. pivoting. Uh, and so what we talk about, of course, you know, if the relationship is secure, they can send vulnerable, clear signals of distress or reaches for connection. But when we can't do that, we kind of go to ways of trying to manage. And we're now the two paths is really about when couples who are in clinical distress, when they come into our office, which path are they on? And what we're trying to figure out the out, al- we call it the alpha path. Because typically couples in clinical distress, what they're going to go towards is a more protected, reactive towards path. Because uh, safety is not really established. They don't know if they're going to have success and vulnerability. See how I work that success and vulnerability in there? They don't know. So they usually choose, that's the alpha path for our couples in clinical distress, is a more protected path where they don't let their vulnerabilities really come through so clearly. I just had that today where a, a partner was his best trying to get me to like join his side of why he does not ask for things so clearly, why his partner should just be able to read hints. And I'm like, yeah, I totally get the good reasons for that. I see what you're trying to do. Because if you did have to ask for this, what would it be like? Well, I don't know how it's going to go. It could lead to a negative response. So what he's done is he says, I'm choosing the alpha path. That's what I want to choose anyway. But then the bravo path is what if the couple comes in and they can embrace vulnerability and they're open. Those two paths require different moves. If they're on the Alpha path, we've got to do a lot of organization. That's where we'll run uh, the affect assembly, pass them three or four times. We'll try and do things like their attachment dilemma, and run that past them three to four times and see if we can get can get access to their pain, in the or fear in the attachment dilemma, and then we'll see if they open back up. But if they're on the Bravo path. We don't do as much organization. We don't have to do as much assembly with them because they're open. We need to just go on mission, access it, access the vulnerability, and get them to share it and to pass it over. So that's the pre-teach. To set us up for, we're going to today, it's like we're just going to go into even a micro move if they're on alpha path and a block comes up. There's chaos and reactivity in session, and then they block us. We can't just simply like, oh, I see that block and I get the good reasons. This is a little bit hard, but can we go back? They're going to probably need a little bit more organization around that block in the chaos to give them a frame to help ground them, to show them that we see it, help them see it, to see if we can slow the reactivity down, slow some of the chaos down to see if we can do some work. Yeah, Is that making some sense there? Can I circle back? You sure I can. just want to
0: give a quick review too, because uh, if anyone's bothered by all this two-path stuff, it's ultimately my fault because I made this up. <laughs> And, you know, if this doesn't resonate with you, if you're like, man, I really love the tango or I'm just an old school steps and stages EFT or throw this out. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. All we're trying to do is to reach more people. It's actually a form of diversity, learning diversity. Mm -hmm. Some people need different things. So I know it's helped me in my practice. You said it's helped you. So, yes, why not? So just really quick clarify what the two path thing. First of all, this is nothing new. We're, this is no, no new version of EFT. That's not what we're saying. It's just trying to help people focus, and it's trying to dial your interventions in to be in attunement with the client where they actually are. Mm. And so that's the piece. The, the key word with pivoting the two paths is pivot.
1: Yeah. That's
0: the trick of this thing is, is you're not working. You might work with 10 different couples in that session mm. because they're a whole different relationship when they're on one path and the other, and they might go back and forth, right? So, so path one, um, we also call alpha path. And so they're really, really reactive. There's tons of mistrust and defensiveness. So by alpha, what they're saying is we need your strength. Mm-hmm. We need you to take over. It's a cry for help, right? I'm going to talk more about that. And then at other times, sometimes in the same session, sometimes not at all, sometimes... We're in stage two, and most of your sessions you are on path two or bravo path. By bravo path, we're saying it's moving. It moves you. You want to like bravo, (laughs) give it applause because it's touching. And then we have a set of sort of next interventions that, that comes out of that. What I can tell you for sure is there are great EFTers around the world who never think about this at all. So this is not a must. This is just a way to organize things. But I can tell you this, no matter how good you are with your interventions, if you're on the wrong path, the chances that that your interventions are going to land are not very good. And I just see a lot of people get stuck when they don't have to. So that's our motivation behind this.
2: All right. So you ready for it? I'm ready. ready. All right. So when we're talking about organizing, you know, we've talked about this, if you do any things with us. And. And I like what Ryan said, so let me make sure I, I feel like I'm saying something about to say another acronym. We're just trying to have a way for me. Let me just make myself phone and share my learning story. Uh if I know that I'm prepared or, or I have some kind of like go-to moves and plays, it helps relax me when the chaos hits. So, you know, the two paths, what the way where it hits for me, I come in, I check in with my couple, I might run the where we were last time, and I check and I'm looking at their body response, I'm looking how far they're sitting apart, all those things. So I know where I'm at and what I'm doing. So that's part. Uh, And then where I'm going to next, when we're on that um, alpha path and we're trying to work and the block is coming up, and I think this is where we're going now, is the first part is we got to be able to catch it. That's not nothing new. The CPR acronym you've probably heard us talk about, we've got to do CPR with the block. And what we're trying to do when I think of CPR with the block is saying that something is cut off in the airway where the relationship can't breathe. The vulnerability... The comfort can't fully breathe because something's blocking it or the heart's not able to work. And so we do CPR to help. We as a therapist, we do CPR until we can help the relationship kind of recover and take back over and do its function. And so we got to catch it. And that makes sense. You got to know it. You got to see that the block happened. Some people don't even recognize when they're getting blocked, when someone doesn't, their vulnerability is not coming through or the comfort or empathy is not coming through. And if you can't see that that's not working, well, then that's going to be hard to know if you should even administer CPR, right? You got to know that the person's not breathing, there's no heart rate. But the part I think where I'm really thinking about this, Ryan, with the block and organization comes around the P, the permission, or what we to call really is the validation where we give permission and validation for the block. For me, this was where this really pops in. I was working with this group of therapists trying to teach them this, and they would give a comment to say, I see the block and I totally get it. I, 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 they would just kind of give a passing comment. But I'm like, you really need to stay there for a moment with that person. And when you say you see the block, this is what I think about with organization. So right here, right now, as you hear your partner say, he just needs to say it. And you hear that phrase, your body gets triggered right here. And I could see it right now. Like right when your partner said that, that he just needs to tell me what he needs. And you hear the frustration in their tone. You hear that phrase and right there, your body activated because as we've been talking about right here, just saying is not so safe for you. Just saying it sometimes has led to negative consequences for your relationship. And so right now it's like feeling like once again the pressure is being put back on you to take a risk and no one's understanding. And so right now in this moment, you kind of escalate and your body moves faster because that's your way of saying like, hey, you're asking me to move towards danger and it's all being put on me to take all the risk right here. Is that what I'm getting what's happening for you? And I'm running that, and I'm saying that over and over in the context of the relationship. I'm tying it to the trigger. I'm tying it to the meaning that I think is happening there and in the moment right there and what their body's doing. In a way, I need to fully like help make sense out of what just happened here. I can't leave it too unpackaged and chaotic. If not, there's nothing for them to grab onto here. I don't know. That's what I think about that comes up for me when I think about organizing the block in the midst of chaos. <clears throat> yep.
0: Yeah yep it's good. I like it. Yeah. solid. you know and to me it's less about exactly which one of those moves you do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really confident if we if we're just understanding what we're working with, you give your your give your interventions a chance to land. My last session, it's a perfect setup, man. First of all, we're in session eight. That's just a really, really common time for it to be hard because the newness is worn off. They're not trying to impress me anymore. You know, but we really haven't had enough corrective experiences to start to really get change because that's where change happens. We can talk about cycles all day long. You can become a triple PhD John Gottman and still have a cycle completely dominate you. You can't have enough insight. So, you know, it's set up right off the top. It's clear they had a fight on the way here, and the pursuer is saying nothing's any different. You know, and, and that, that later came out in the session that that was not true. She's just saying it's not happening fast enough for me to start mm. to feel safe. And, the, you know, that didn't come out till later, though. That was nice. But, you know, the withdrawer's position, I can't – it's like exasperation. I can't do anything right. And then I feel the chaos in my body, right? And it's like, all right, let's see you work. And, you know, I could. You know, it was 30, 30 42 minutes. It's pretty rough. Mm. Pretty rough is painful, you know, and so – We should charge more. Um, So really the question is, you know, can you trust your map or are you going to panic? And just hanging in there, being repetitive. So what jumps to mind for me, maybe kind of a subtitle of this episode, I started saying this in Core Skills last week. I've never said it before. It seemed to resonate with the crowd and, and with me, so we'll use it. When people are that chaotic and that blocked, they are crying out for you to say, Please reorganize us. I love what you just said about not getting your airway open. You know, it's kind of like that. Like, we are, we are starving. We're drowning here in protection. That makes sense. And the current way we've arranged this, and let's be clear on what it is, our protection is dominating, and our go-to move to make things better is to retell my side of the story. And, you know, when it comes to temp, they're only giving you the M. Right, That's where you see the chaos. It's just M, 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 M. Here's my meaning that I have connoted to this pain. And there's just no space for anything else to happen. It's, they're crying out for us to reorganize this thing. So in that moment, I've got to take my my Bravo path to deeper moves, and I got to go set them behind me somewhere mm. You know, because I see that a lot. Some people are getting blocked like crazy, and they just ask for this huge risk to take. And, you know, one out of 100 times it works, and you're like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. But most of the time it actually just throws fire on a on an already burning, you know, sorry, it burns. It throws fuel on an already burning file. Try that one more time. It, it, it throws fuel on an already burning fire. There we go. And so what what it's saying to me is they need your help. Take over for a minute. Don't keep giving them so much space to add more pieces to the story. And I've got to work their protection. I've got to reorganize their protection moves with my validation, how it makes sense. And then I've got to show what the cycle's doing with their protection. And And then just knowing that I've got to take smaller risks. So I'm not trying to get them necessarily to sit with emotion when we're on path one, alpha path. I just want to get them to see if we can touch it. Give me one more word to describe this instead of just anger and annoyed and frustrated. You know, can you give me just a little word of hurt? I'm not trying to finish a mission. I'm just trying to expand the frame from my partner's a creep Mm. to we are struggling. And so smaller risks, you know, and then my good old dilemma at the end of that I did that a whole lot with the pursuer. I said to that pursuer today probably eight times you don't have a good move. And I would go through her two or three moves and how that doesn't work and she would slowly slow down for me at that point uh, before having some you know fair breakthroughs at at minute 45. Is that what you want me to say or something different James? No, I just like um what I'm liking
2: about this is that makes sense is I've seen it so many times where there is that chaos and we can make the mistake of keep going from our emotion like you already talked about. But how do we, like our clients do need us, when I think about reorganizing, because me and my wife just been going through this in our garage, (laughs) and you can get used to working in a kind of chaotic garage. You step over things, you know what pile that screwdriver or whatever should be in. But that's still not the optimal way. You just get used to it. And that's what our couples kind of do. They get used to work, they get used to trying to work in chaos. But reorganizing what it does is particularly when we as therapists kind of go in. Like sometimes, what is it, the lady on Netflix who teaches people how to organize their home. Oh, okay. She's a specialist in it. Okay. And so she has like a she like I understand human functioning and how people work. I've got to make this chaos. I've got to help find a way to make this system work for you and so she finds out what's valuable, what's important to you. She helps you like well, what how would it be the easiest for you to get to this? And then that's how we'll determine our organization. And when you were saying that, Ryan, what got me was if that if they've been re, if they've organized it in a way of the only way I can make sense out of what's happening and why I can't send a clear signal to you or why I can't get you to respond is some rigid form of blame, of blaming partner, blaming self or blaming the relationship. They form a lot of meaning around that constantly, and they can't make sense of what's happening and why it's happening to them. So when we reorganize, we are, the EFT is focused on emotion, but that frame is really, really important to say, why does this keep happening to me? Why does this keep happening to us over and over again? Just in this session this morning, I helped a a couple kind of organize a block that showed up in session, and when it made sense for the partner, she said, Oh, this is good. Now, James, help us make sense of how we don't keep doing this to each other over and over again, where we keep hurting each other. Help me help this like I see it happened, but I need you to help make sense out of this for me.
0: It's good. Okay. I love your I love your example there in the garage. I'm going to join you in the garage okay. with an application after this commercial break.
2: You can donate to this podcast on Venmo or Cash App, both at Doc Hawk LPC. Once again, Venmo and Cash App, at .calk LPC.
0: We so appreciate your partnership. As we've grown and are engaging more people, we've been contacted by folks to try to monetize this. We really don't want to do that. We love to bring this dialogue to you for free. One of the ways that we do that is to ask for your partnership with your money. We get better equipment. We're able to spend more time. So we so appreciate you being with us on the Leading Edge in Emotionally Focused Therapy.
2: And once again, to donate on Cash App and Venmo, it's at
0: LPC. If finances are a problem for you, please do not donate. If you regularly work in underserved population, please do not donate. But if you make money from this, and this is something that's valuable for you, we'd love for you to partner with us. All right, welcome back. Yeah. Thank you for giving. We appreciate uh, you guys donating to us and joining the mission here to help people. I love the metaphor, James, you use of your garage. I was thinking is the word garage cross cultures. I don't know. Wherever you park your cars. Um, so in, in Northwest Arkansas, we have a lot of two car garages. And so that's what I'm visualizing here. Mm -hmm. And like you and your partner want to get in the same garage and you can't. And, you know, you meet these two people and their vehicles parked out on the, the driveway and they are in a raging blame fest that their partner's the reason they can't get in the garage. And it's just endless with stories and stories and stories and stories of how the it's the partner's fault. The partner's so unreasonable. We mock each other. We, you know, we're just trying to talk each other out of your moves. And so it's important that we see that as a cry for help to reorganize, not get caught. Mediating, not get caught offering content solutions, but to lift the door of the garage and to see that the current way the garage is laid out cannot work. You got razor blades everywhere, you got um, screwdrivers, you got all kinds of dangerous stuff in there, and neither person can really fit in here safely. Mm. And so instead of going through a debate to change each other and, and the things that happen there, we've got to reorganize the garage to have a safer place to make space for both of you to fit. Mm-hmm. That's what secure, secure relationships can do is they really can make space for another person's story. And uh, as opposed to right now where the very thing I do when I'm in distress is the very thing that triggers you. And vice versa, and here we go. So I, t- I used the word protection in that last session 65 times, mm. 75 times. I'm just wearing it out because so, that is a constant reframe, and that is a way to validate. Instead of saying you're controlling, you're bad, you're this, you're – I'm just like this. It makes such good sense that you protect yourself in that way, and yet here's what the cycle does.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow, so that's the that's that kind of like a summary of like what that Bravo path would look like. And so, that's Alpha path. Oh, sorry. Let's go to Bravo that, now. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yo, you yeah. want me good? You got it.
0: Uh, you tell me. What do you think of when you think about Bravo path?
2: Man, what I think about the Bravo path is now it's kind of the chaos is cleared. I have a little bit more. Hmm, my vulnerability is able to come online and either it being able to say, hey. Here's what's the here's where my fear here's where my need longing or hope is, or that's in the caregiver that's a seeking care role or in the caregiver role, I'm able to take and hold what might be going on for me, and stay online and curious for you, and I have this desire to want to move towards you with comfort. That's what I think about with yeah. the travel path.
0: I like that open curious, mm-hmm. blaming starts to decrease. Mm-hmm protection becomes a little more flexible. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to look at me Mm -hmm. and not just be preoccupied on you. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, now it's the limbo. All right. How low can you go?
2: Oh, man. (laughs) So now we got to make the pivot.
0: Now you got to make that pivot over there. How low can you go today? You know, what's your tolerance window? You know, what's a risk that you haven't taken before? Let's see if I can fully use myself. Let's change pace. Let's use my risk voice. Use self, use self, use self. Let it break your heart. Um, and then we're going to try to finish missions okay. as deep as they can that day. So that's a quick overview oh. of the two-path concept, alpha path, bravo path, path one, path two. Mm-hmm. But the hardest part of this and the most important part actually is pivoting.
2: Yeah.
0: So how, how do you know when to pivot? What tells you that? Is it hard for you to pivot? Or what are your go-to moves when it's time to pivot?
2: Um, like, so now what I've learned, <laughs> you just, I, I'll find myself where I think I'm going in one place and either I'll see a look of confusion on one person's face and, and it could be confusing, Like, what are you doing? That's not like, almost like, where is he at? What is he saying? Um, or I keep trying to, like, I keep trying to drop into some kind of longing or I'm trying to slow down into the risk kind of area stage two type risk the R-I-S-S-S-C risk that I'm talking about, classic EFT intervention. If you don't know, now you know. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, no, but uh, I'll try to do that, but they keep, their speed stays up. Their tone stays up. Mm-hmm. There's more kind of just rigidity. There's view of other hugely on the line. They don't talk about themselves. It's, my partner, this, they, that, the, it can sound like a lot of blame is online. That's how, so if I'm trying to get into them and I keep hearing that part, like, uh-oh, I'm on the wrong path here. I got to pivot. I'm not where my client is. Um, that's how i that's how I've noticed it in some of the tapes I've watched of mine recently.
0: It's good. It's good. Um, the main thing is just asking you to pay attention to it. Yep. I yep. like the tango. My least favorite part about the tango is it's telling the therapist what to do Mm -hmm. as if our moves are choices that we make, right? What I like about the two paths is it allows the client's status to dictate my next move. Mm -hmm. Of course, you can do that in attunement with the tango, but I think it's kind of helpful in that way to simplify it. So what we're pivoting on is the status of the bond Mm -hmm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. So it's not just one person or the other, Mm -hmm. For instance, a really difficult pivot decision that I was making with about 38 minutes in that session is is my pursuer, who was really pretty hostile early on. I don't know if she just got tired or or me reflecting the dilemma seven or eight times. Next thing you know, she had big tears. They're dropping on the floor, okay? And I stayed alpha, okay? And normally that would be an indicator to go to Bravo because I thought she might have been ready, but I was reading her partner, he was still really... He was still very much reeling from the message that he takes in the cycle, which is, you know, failure and being bad and so forth. So I felt like we needed to stay alpha for a minute. So I commented briefly on the tears and sort of closed validated and went to work on his protection to see if I could reorganize that and downshift him. And as soon as he did, we we finished the last seven minutes on Bravo Path. We still got a long way to go. It's not like that fixed things. That's just an example mm-hmm. of, of what we're looking at in those moments. So what's the status of the bonds? For me, how often am I getting blocked and how hard are they blocking me? Sometimes you come into session pretty early on. You do your summary and you jump in and it's just a hard block. And you know, all right, I've got my, I'm going to put my Bravo stuff in my back pocket, get all my alpha moves out. Um, other times they're subtle blocks, but you just start to hit five or six of them. Mm. And you realize their neurological systems are really going to prioritize protection. And they need reorganization. It is a cry for help. We are drowning in protection. Our protection strategies are now rigidly used and we can't get anything else forward. So they're saying, I need you to come up with me. I need you to reorganize, reassemble, come off of a vivid trigger the most missing move in all of EFT. Uh, I need you to get a real, no, for real, a vivid somatic trigger and then drop into that assembly, and that changes that case, which gives you a chance to to work on Bravo a little bit later.
2: Okay. So now you want me to talk about go-to moves for organization, reorganization? Sure. Okay. First one, George talks about this one, and he says it's one that we don't talk about enough here apologize. I'll do that for me. I take the process onto me. Mm. Hold on, hold on, hold on you all. I'm so sorry. I totally missed something here. I just blew past it. There's this part right here, and that's where Ryan, I would apologize, and I might even, read. I might load the trigger. Right here, when your partner said this, I saw that reactivity happen for you, and I just moved past it. Can I slow down and go back to that and make sense what just happened for us? So, apologize, I'll go back to that trigger that happened right there live in session, name the reactivity I saw. I saw you speed up. I saw you just like your clench your fist. Like the, or I just saw you just kind of, there's a part of you that just looked away. And name, like kind of, I see that block that just happened right there. And then that's where I go to in that moment when I think about reorganization. What I'm going to do is take every, I'm going to start calling out, the, I'm enabling those parts that are just laying around. And so so I see this when this happens for you, when this happens, this is what it brings up in you. This is how your body even responded to that, and this is what you were. This is how you've made sense of that when that happens, and then this is even what you did right here, right now. I see that block. I see the function of it right here, even now, and what it does in your relationship. That it's even hard right here to kind of say what you what you want or what you need. That's just my that was my go tos for reorganizing.
0: Yeah, it's good. I just want to get really practical here because I don't want to yeah. go back and teach EFT concepts. That was great what you did. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm resisting myself to go back into trainer mode. I'm trying to push myself back into that last session mm-hmm. and go, what did okay. I actually do? I know for me, when I was a trainee, that's what I really wanted to hear and see, not mm-hmm. some philosophy, even if it's good philosophy. So number one for me is you just got to interrupt.
2: Yep, that's right. Thank I, can't,
0: you I can't tell you how valuable it was. And this was i thought I got from sue and becca and others but george George maybe seven years ago he just looked decidedly at me and goes when they're off map stop them <laughs> Like, good point why why was i ever hesitant on that mm. i don't even know
2: i mean socially appropriate socially right? appropriate
0: attunement yeah. but it's like wh- why would you why would you sit there for four minutes and let them cut each other up or cut themselves up when they leave your map go get them So I interrupted, I don't even know how many times that last session, Mm -hmm. more than 30. And with interruptions, I would use my EFT sound, you know, that would hit three blocks in a row and I'd be like, ooh, man, just took over again, right? I'm just trying to break the momentum of that reactivity. Mm -hmm. Then I did the whole thing of, hang on, hang on, next five minutes, I need you not to talk to each other, I need you to talk to me. So there's there's Being direct and taking control of the process. Yes, that's high alpha moves right there. It's like bizarro enactment, right? Like no enactments right now because what you're going to pass over is just going to start the next cycle. So I think that assertiveness is really, really key. And a lot of new EFT years have trouble with that because it's the opposite of how they were trained or opposite of social. And then this one's a hard one for me. You know, growing up as a male, as an athlete, as a you know, just someone I was I think acculturated to restrain my emotions. Mm. So I like to stay in the same gear all the time and that is deadly on alpha. So when is someone when someone is reactive, you have to match your body language, your pacing needs to be at least partially matched to them so that their body can can gear down. My, my next, I'm just going literally what I did in the next session is I like to try to go to a protection move, pick a side, doesn't matter, go to a protection move and spend three or four times validating how it does make good sense that that's their experience and then challenge it with the cycle. Mm. And so I did that multiple times that session. And that was, I think that was pretty helpful, at least for me, if not for them. Most new EFTers don't validate very much or they want to validate quickly and get to the good stuff, but that's Bravo path. Mm. You're going to get blocked sometimes on Bravo path too, but a quick CPR, take it right back into deeper emotion. If you're on alpha path, you better spend some time on those blocks most of the time or they're going to grow on you. So for, for my pursuer, As I was reflecting her attachment dilemma and saying, you don't have a good move. If you don't say something, nothing's going to happen. Somehow you're in this really difficult position where we have very little engagement and you're somehow the only one that sees it or is concerned about it. So you say something. And I love that about you. Mm. I love how, what of a fighter you are. This is how you fight for that relationship, to point things out, to ask for change. There's my fourth validation It's important that you don't rush that. Stay with it. Even if it bothers their partner, get over it. You know, it's going to, you got to borrow from that alliance that you'll pay their partner back later. So I love that about you. It's got great energy. I love how you fight. You clearly love this person. You're very committed. You're a great mom, whatever it is. Validate, validate, validate. And yet, those beautiful intentions don't convey in a cycle. Mm. The cycle twists that meaning, and it says to your partner, not only has he failed, It says he is a failure. I don't think that's what you're meaning to say, is it? And so from that point, if they'll slow down with me, I want to go get a vivid trigger and try to reassemble this thing with less reactivity to see if we can get an organic primary emotion to come visit the session. Mm. But at that moment, I'm just going to go back and evaluate. I'm studying eyes. I'm studying speed to see is it time to pivot or do we stay more alpha? That's about as specific as I can get you right out of a session.
2: No, I like that. Thank you for sharing those moves. And that's a good way to be able to study our process there. And so I think, sorry, are we landing the plane now? Sure. Okay. So I like that. In the moment of chaos, what these blocks need is they need us to help reorganize it. And I love the moves you went through. I mean, just even getting practical, interrupting, assertiveness, matching, getting clear on the protective move and then challenging it with the cycle and seeing if that is enough reorganization to reset it. Just kind of moving past and, you know, we've done things like trying to validate and ignore. Maybe it doesn't work for it. You know, sometimes it can, but but being able to reorganize these blocks in the moment also teaches our clients something. And for me, the reason why I like that style, uh, not in a shaming way, but what it does is it helps them see it. Like I tell my clients, hey, I'm just trying to stay here and I'm being clear for a reason. One is to help me stay with this. This thing gets moving fast, man, and it's rough. Mm-hmm. But also, two, I hate that this keeps happening to you two, and you can't make sense of it. And then it just beats up two people who really care about each mm-hmm. other. And I both, want you both to see you it. end up alone. Exactly. Right. I just want you to see it so clearly, so that way you become masters of this thing. You can see it. You can know it. And you can call it out and notice it when it's happening in you, or when it's trying to take over your relationship. So thank you so much for giving me that space to make sense of this moment.
0: Yeah, I like it. And, you know, Alpha Path, Mm -hmm. we're still working with emotion. We're just working around it. Mm -hmm. We're continuing to walk around and reorganize it until it slows down enough to make space for both people Mm -hmm. to be present. Mm -hmm. In Bravo Path, we're not talking about emotion. In Bravo Path, we are going in the emotion. Mm -hmm. The corrective experiences occur in the emotion, in the pain, in those deeper places.
2: That's right. I want to give a shout out part of what helped even inspire us and help us out with this uh with this episode. We were just on a, a IG live and a EFTer from Quebec got on. I'm sorry, I forgot your name right now. But she was saying, "James, help us out. Like sometimes in, when you're working in stage 1 or you're working with a couple and this kittens chaotic, you can't just drop into vulnerability, James." So Kind of help us. What do we do here? And this is me and Ryan saying sometimes you can't pass it. When they're in chaos and reactivity, you can't always pass it. You gotta the emotion's still there, but you've gotta help get things clear and like what she would say is help them see it in the interpersonal cycle. And that's what we've kind of said here. Organize it, put it into that interpersonal cycle, and that's one way. And then helping them see that block how it happens in the interpersonal cycle and how the message that you don't intend to send, it can end up sending that message. Yeah.
0: Bottom line for me are two points on the two-pass piece, and this is language I'm going to try to start using. When chaos and blocks are taking over, and they do a lot in your sessions, by the way, if that's happening a lot for you, we understand. <laughs> it's not because you're bad. Mm-mm. In fact, we respect you immensely that you're out there battling for this. Oftentimes, you know, in stage one, you're getting tons and tons of negative feedback. And I just, we just, I want you to know, we really respect you for hanging in there and walking alongside people and and not quitting and not choosing easier therapeutic things. So I respect that. So when blocks and chaos take over your session, they are crying out for reorganization. They're saying the current way we have this organized, we're drowning in it. Can you come back and reorganize us? And then when they shift to Bravo path, they slow down. They become more open and curious. What they're saying is, hey, therapist, quit organizing this now. Give us a space to risk. Ask us to do a hard thing mm. and then hold our hand as we go through it.
2: All right. Thank y'all for listening to The Leading Edge.
1: Thank you for listening. We hope this experience helps you push the leading edge in your work to help people connect with themselves and with each other. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. You can contact us at pushtheleadingedge at gmail.com. And you can follow us on our Facebook page at Push the Leading Edge. You can follow Ryan on Facebook at Ryan Rayner Professional Training. And on his website, ryanraynatraining.com. You can follow James on Facebook and Instagram at Doc Hawk LPC. You can also check out his website, DocHawkLPC.com.